2016, Northrop Aerospace Systems released a concept of what they predicted would be the design to replace current fifth-generation aircraft like the Lockheed Martin F-22. This craft sported an exotic swept-wing design that recalled the innovations that were combined within the legendary B-2 stealth bomber. While the development of both aircraft is separated by decades, the actual concept of a flying wing design can trace its origins to Nazi Germany at the end of World War II. The Nazis were known to have produced a multitude of remarkable aircraft designs that were years ahead of their time. Some of these craft were claimed to have unusual properties that would have given them unmatched maneuverability and combat capabilities. In the closing months of World War II, Allied pilots reported spotting strange craft that seemed to shadow their movements behind enemy lines, describing what seemed to be balls of multicolored light that appeared to be intelligently controlled. This case file joined the theorists as they make sure these pilots weren't chasing birds and go ever long in discussing the Foo Fighters. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 188, Foo Fighters. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. I'm Def. Jesus. I... Hey, Braden, check your mic. Check, check, check. <laughs> Welcome to Alien Theorist. <laughs> <laughs> Braden just peeked all over the place. Now I, I got a compressor. He's live in the you studio so I can <laughs> drop him down a bit. <laughs> I don't tone down. I do it the same every time. Um, it's uh, it's nice to be back in studio though. It's kind of fun. Yeah, Dan, three, we're missing you, but three in studio, virtual Dan head also yeah, on the Zordan. Screen. Zordan. <laughs> yeah, there he is. Oh no, it's over. Next next time though, hopefully by the fall. Maybe. Hey Dan. Hey Dan. We lift Dan up. Yeah. <laughs> put him on our put him on the shoulder. Tonight we're talking about Foo Fighters. Fighters. Now the question kind of means that we're going back and forth with because of this one. Uh, like in these kind of instances, are you more inclined to believe like a firsthand encounter, like someone who tells you like, Hey, this wild stuff that happens or like a second, second hand, basically scientific reasoning where, but they're not encompassing everything that the person's saying, like from the first, like an expert like, taking, yeah. taking the encounter and be like, and well, be like it's, oh, it's gotta be this. Most likely it's, it's this. It's gotta be this. Even when the, f- person who encountered it's like no it's not the same thing like i understand what you're saying but it's not the same thing that's not what's happening well, like dan i know you're like science <laughs> <laughs> well it depends who's saying it but like i was thinking about it, it's like it's it's a tough one because I'll, like well, especially for this case you know i'm t- i tend to believe these people that had the first-hand account well especially like for today like the way we're talking about scientists but these people are also experts in their field right? yeah exactly these are professional pilots that have seen shit yeah like, it's not like it's fucking cletus at the trailer park i seen tech right it's <laughs> these are professionals well maybe cletus is an expert too i guess i shouldn't have said he's that. dusting crops yeah he's <laughs> yes yeah. i mean for yeah. me it comes down to like i believe the pilot if he says he's seen something i believe him 
But then it comes down to like in the moment, what is it what he's seen actually what he saw? And that's where the other side comes in, like, okay, the scientist's like, okay, the pilot's in the air. He's seen this object, but he's, you know, he's upside down. He's banking right. Maybe perhaps he misidentified something else. Okay. So like in this scenario, we're talking about there's, you know, there's one observer and there's one basic scientific explanation that they're putting forward. But now let's say you have like, you know, tens of people, hundreds of people in separate instances, all claiming the same thing. Like, do you, do you start to believe the multiple people experiencing the same experience or mm. the same person that's sticking to that same scientific reasoning for every hysteria? Multiple people giving a, a roughly the same description of the event and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely for me makes it more plausible to believe if like there's a bunch of different people from different aircrafts that'd be like, yeah, we all seen something. We seen it. We seen it. Dan, what do you think? I think if we took everything at uh, face value or for an account, then we would still think that Zeus is throwing down thunderbolts from Mount Olympus. So <laughs> is he not? I mean, How do we know he's not? <laughs> yeah. Where does lightning come from then, Dan? So static electricity. That uh, comes from Zeus's fingers. fingers. Yeah, he rubs them together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, you're almost there. Like it's air molecules, like all yeah, kind of crashing into together, each other, creating Zeus? static electricity, just like you do when you oh, rub your who, feet on who, the carpet. Who That's moves like, the air mo- molecules? Zeus. Exactly. I don't know, man. You sure. know what? Sounds like you're going fucking hero to zero real quick. All right, <laughs> reverse. Um. So obviously tonight we're talking about the Foo Fighters, uh, and what. <laughs> Guy's got fucking. What, what are we guys like four accents and I'm gonna hit it as many times as I can tonight. I don't know what you're talking so about. Can hear it. He, no, it's that's just how Sound it's pronounced. How it's pronounced. Emphasis on the fighter. Yeah. Who fighter? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, so, what are the Foo Fighters? Dan, why don't you take us? Uh, let's let's go through a brief overview. Well, the Foo Fighters uh, were formed with uh, by Dave Grohl uh, after Nirvana <laughs> broke up after death. the unfor- uh, tragic death of uh, Kurt Cobain. That's a t- well, um, we're not going to name names of who did it. So we know they are multi. They are multi platinum band. They are amazing. They still rock uh, for all these years. But we are alien theorists theorizing, so we're not talking about those Foo Fighters. We're talking about the Foo Fighters, which were the pretty much the the coverall term for what World War II pilots were reported seeing in multiple theaters during World War II of these uh, lights um, or uh, some sort of objects that seem to follow their planes or it's in some fashion or something like that. And right. they used to like change colors. They were there observed changing colors. They were uh, changing directions, and sometimes. So uh, one of the first accounts we have. Um, this is probably it's not the very first account, but probably one of the most notorious accounts. Is you have a uh, from Lieutenant Fred Ringwald in the November of 1944, and he was writing on a observer on a night fighter which was piloted by Lieutenant Ed Schluter uh, with Lieutenant Donald J. Myers on radar. So they were on kind of cruising behind enemy lines, doing their job, doing what they were supposed to do. And they ended up spotting what seemed to be eight or 10 of these glowing fiery orange objects. And these things, they radioed into allied ground radar. Think about Zolarius casting a firebolt. That's what they look like. Heat-seeking firebolt. Yeah. And when they radioed into 
Allied ground radar, they didn't turn up. These things that they saw or were seen, mm. observing, seen right in front of them, weren't showing up on grand ra- ground radar, and they weren't showing up in their radar uh, in the plane at all. So Schluter decides to turn the plane to try and fight these things, assuming that it's some type of Nazi aircraft. Maybe it's not just, it's just not showing up or something like that. And then they said that the lights vanished. So he pulled evasive maneuvers is what you're saying. Well, no, he pulled like man attack maneuver. Zell and I watched this documentary about some of the people that were like in the like airborne division who were seeing Foo Fighters. And they were like, the guy was basically like, it, we sought out enemy planes. If we thought we saw an enemy plane, like we would pursue, we would pursue and attack. He's like, we looked forward to it, and that's what we did. So he's like, if we saw it in the sky, we would go and chase it well, down. These, so these, like, this guy's about. He's like, I don't know what this is. Got to be the Germans. Jealous. I'm going after it. Like hard bank. Like highway to the danger zone. Yeah. Well, these guys are all hopped up on adrenaline and then a lot of Germans were hopped up on meth. Yeah. <laughs> They're fucking, let's fucking do it! And that's, that's like, that's been proven now that they gave soldiers and pilots and stuff meth yeah. oh, to yeah. keep them like, yeah. focused and... We're giving kids meth in school energized. to pay attention. You got ADD, here's a little bit of meth. That's true. Ritalin's a hell of a drug. It is. Got me through paramedic school. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, m- most of the pilots that reported seeing these things were on active patrols behind German lines. Like they were seeking out enemy fighters. They were seeking out enemy convoys, uh, supply runs, anything that they could get there. Pretty much if they saw something, they were going to blow it up. Well, and and I I got to like to that point, Dan, you got to think that these people are on edge because it's like, if you don't spot them first and you're in the sky and they get a position on you and shoot you first, you're fucked. Dude, you're dude. absolutely fucked. Remember, so like you're you'd be so on edge. Dude, I remember being playing fucking Afterburner at Scandia. Golf <laughs> games shit in my pants cuz guys are shooting at me. I like you're in a flying death trap. That's yeah. a great game. Dude, so the Lieutenant Fred Ringwald encounter is just one. I mean, there was another one that was reported just the next month in December 17th of 1944 near Braysack, Germany, where a pilot was apparently flying at about 800 feet when he saw five or six of these flashing red and green lights that were seemed to be flying in some sort of like a T formation. And then these lights seemed to follow him. And he said that they closed into about eight o'clock at a 1000 feet. And then disappeared gone now did gone. they did they gave on both these accounts did they give us a rough size or they couldn't really tell because they were glowing objects they couldn't tell how far they were no uh most of these reports that i pulled up were from a uh is it american legion magazine or something like this like these these accounts were taken from pilots like that like in the 19 these these the magazine was actually published like i think it was like late 1940s I mean, I'm so going to tell you right now, Dan, if it's, not, if it's not Der Spiegel, I don't want to fucking read it. Yeah, I don't know if it's a <laughs> trusted source unless it's Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel is the Spiegel. only magazine I'm fucking into. I'm I'm subscribed to one magazine. Guess what magazine it is? Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. If you actually got, if you got to that point yet. <laughs> Foresh- um, foreshadowing yeah so some of these like in the in the magazine that they they wrote some of these reports in, they were saying that a lot of these pilots they like they saw these things they saw strange stuff while they were while they were flying over germany all the time it wasn't unusual right you know it was just like they said if we spent one of the uh you know sayings that we could they would kind of mention was that pilots would be like if we had to explain or report every single strange thing that we saw 
while flying, like we wouldn't get to fly. Like so we would just it makes right. you think, everything. It makes we, you think we'd that, spend all our time just writing reports. So it makes you think that the shit that they're seeing right now is like that extraordinary that they're fucking going on their way to report it. Then I'd imagine. Yeah, like these and so, fiery orbs. Yeah, like this phenomenon was not isolated only to the German front or the European front. So you had the you had uh, actually sightings in Japan or over Japan as well. So you had reports of B twenty nine crews. Is that the Japanese version of the B fifty two band or what? What the B twenty nine? No B twenty nine Stratoforges, Superforges. Was that was the biggest plane of of its day, right? Yeah, that was the monster. Like that was the big old one. Uh, B-29 is the plane that, I think that was one of the planes that dropped the A-bomb. Dropped the A-bomb. And then they retired them all somewhere in New Mexico. Isn't like a graveyard of like hundreds and hundreds of these planes? Yeah, they, I mean, they were prop planes. I don't think any of them converted to jet engines. So I think most of them were just kind of like once... Scrap metal. Once, yeah, once jet propulsion came into its own, it was kind of like, well, we don't need these anymore. <laughs> right. Um, so B-29 crews were reporting seeing uh, balls of fire is the description that most of them give, which would follow their planes and occasionally like come up as close as what some of them describe to as on their tails of their planes and just sit there. Uh, they, they describe the same thing of a, the kind of color changing phenomenon that the other ones had. So these, these objects would seem to change color from orange to red to white and back again. And then some of these, now some of the accounts a little bit differ as to kind of the nature of these balls of fire or the Foo Fighters is which they, what they called them. And they said that some of the B-29, B-29 crews could actually lose these balls of fire um, by taking evasive maneuvers, uh, even though that this ball could seemingly could keep up with them at their top speed, which for a B-29 is 365 miles per hour. Goodness gracious. So slow like, for today, but fast back then. Yeah. Right. And then, but then there were other B-29 crews that said, you know, exact opposite, that these things were able to just keep up with them the whole it, time. They couldn't lose these While things. they were trying to evade them. Because right. there was one there was one person that used the term, um, I can't remember what he said, like intelligent maneuvering by these things uh, when he was trying to evade them. Uh, when, when I was uh, watching one of the docs we were watching today, they, the guy was talking about it. He goes, they made intelligent maneuvers. Uh, and he's like, and it, the kind of maneuvers they make weren't half, like it's not random events that could happen in nature. If this was some sort of phenomenon, like seemed to be following. It, it seemed to be following and banking and like pursuing, like that's Mimicking what it their moves, maybe? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right? Kind of, so kind of keep keeping up. If it went left, they went left, they went right, it went right. It would maintain distance. And you're like, Obviously, they're, they're just glowing balls. They don't, you can't like notice a propulsion or wings or anything, but it seemed to a lot of these pilots like they were just able to match them. So, yeah, there's another report in the Pacific Theater of a B 24 Liberator that was 11,000 cool feet name. over Truck Lagoon, which is part of the Caroline Islands in the Western Pacific, which is right above New Guinea. And they reported seeing two red lights move up from below them and follow the B 24. You know, uh, after after one hour of, of these these uh, lights following them, they said that one seemed to veer off and disappear like it, it turned back and then they had just the one following them. And they said that this the other one kept on uh, moving. Sometimes it was behind them, sometimes alongside and then sometimes as far as one thousand yards ahead of them is what they're estimated. And then this thing kept following them until daybreak. 
uh, is what they reported. And then it seemed to climb to 15,000 feet and then just like moved in towards the sun and then was gone. It's, huh? Yeah. Uh, just disappeared again. And that's, it's one of those things like we, we talked about earlier where we said they weren't reporting everything because if they reported every weird thing they saw, but this one was a little different because you know, at some point you start to wonder like, are, Hey, are these enemy crafts? Like, it was becoming known that like the Germans were kind of into some freaky shit and, you know, with experimental crafts and, you know, the head of the game with the V2 rockets. So at some point, like this cross someone's death, so like this, this is a possibility. I think that why the Foo Fighters like gained so much steam compared to other things is because there was probably some serious concern that this could be an access, new access technology that we weren't aware of. Like new enemy tech. Yeah. Yeah, and they they didn't know what it was, so that's why they called them Foo Fighters. So Foo being a, I guess, the best described, it was like a, back then it was kind of a popular, like 1930s, 1940s, it was like a popular nonsensical word. Uh, Slang. Yeah. Yeah, it was like slang. The origins are a little bit murky. The etymology is is not 100%. People are saying it was kind of taken from Fooey or Fe, or kind of just like that kind of word. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, but it was popular. I, they said that most of the the origins can be attributed to the comic Smokey Stover. There's a comic strip that was uh, written by Bill Holman at the time, who Smokey Stover was a firefighter, and he kind of had a popular catchphrase that was, where there's foo, there's fire, and foo just kind of meant just like tomfoolery or kind of unusual. It was just like a placeholder nonsensical word. nonsense yeah, it's so they slang. so they thought by the way these balls of fire were moving like all nonsensical they related it and said that's those are foo foo fighters yeah, it was just kind of like where there's weird stuff that's you know so they just said foo. what a weird connection something completely different well, well, there's, yeah, a, there's yeah, another there's, one there's as well a, there's a I, there's bunch of different ones it's the sound that the spaceships make or whatever like fly any type of flying saucers is foo and that's what it would say in the comics they'd write foo to make you know, oh, I didn't hear like that the, one. No, I didn't hear that like one. But the, we, we, that one. you know, like the thwip or the shoot. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the the noise. The fucking like the verbal. Yeah, they they foo. write write out the sound as foo. Yeah, because yeah. I also I heard. Can pull it up. No, I believe. I believe it, but, you. I, but we heard multiple. We there, we read multiple. There was also today. it was also because there was an airborne. There was like an air air division of like the of of France and like foo like foe or kind of what foo or foe in in French is fire. And they said, mm-hmm. and one story we read was because it was a French pilot who coined the term, and it was feu, like fire in French, and fighter. So like, and like that, that because, was a, and that was the other they were, version. They appeared as balls of fire, that and they were perceived to be sense. enemy crafts. And I, that's what I said too. I went, well, that makes more sense than this fucking where this smoky there's fucking, a fire. Like smoky stove. Or it, here. it could have been as smoky easy as. Stove. Let me show you something. <laughs> it could have been as easy as the name has come, like because it was Americans and French. Maybe they both came up their own types of names for it from different different ways. There was a third one too. I can't remember. But it, the, if you watch Ancient Aliens on History <laughs> Channel, they had a completely different origin for the name. Yeah. I think uh, no there, there's a couple origins that are kind of. It, it's not 100 percent sure, but. The one that is that I read was that the one of the army intelligence officers that was it was uh, Fritz something uh, during a meeting where they had uh, they were talking or they were reporting about this like they had some radar reporters reporting in some weird shit and then he was like it was one of those 
fucking Foo Fighters again because he had the comic. Apparently, he had he had the comic on him. He had been reading the comic or the comic strip, and he says one of those fucking Foo Fighters. And then they were they referred to it for a while as fucking Foo Fighters, but then they had to actually clean it up for uh, the Associated Press, which came in and, and like started asking them about these before <laughs> they printed an article, uh, which was followed by a New York Times article about this. Like, there's an actual archive New York Times article about the these strange occurrences. Right. About the fucking Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. The fucking, right, the Foo Fighters. The fucking Foo the Fighters. Fucking. <laughs> so, so, someone keep a tally. So you have you have these strange occurrences going on, and there there are a number of possible explanations. But usually, the uh, the first thing that pops into a conspiracy minded person, like or conspiracy minded persons like ourselves, is of course the the wonderful Nazi world Germany. Germany. of Nazi UFOs. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're nearing the end of the war. The rumors are rampant about advanced tech that Nazis have that is going to take over the skies. And then people start seeing these Foo Fighters. And, I mean, it's easy to make the connection that maybe there's experimental craft that maybe weren't armed with... Because as far as we know, as all the encounters, they were never uh, aggressive. Like, the fighters never attacked, or they never... Like, right... They were just they pursued yeah, none, of the, none of the none of the pilots reported like really at taking any hostile action against these other than just tailing it seemed like so, yeah, yeah other than tailing it or observing of, them from a distance like, like these things never really seemed to do anything else besides that there was never any attack there was never any uh, nothing really you know? right so yeah I mean the not like Nazi wonder weapons or like their wonder craft. We've talked about like the bell before, but there's other ones that we can go through. The only thing for me is like, it's a, a ball, a glowing ball. And there's just really no, there's only size of these balls. Some people think, Oh, maybe they're only like the size of basketballs. And other guys, Oh no, they're size of a Volkswagen. You're like, well, I guess it would depend on your vantage point to the light. Okay. Well, also like when we were, when we started to look into the Nazi aspect of it, Part of me thought about how, like in World War One, World War Two, like Britain and the Allies, they would they would literally use like inflatable tanks and shit, and like dress up tanks <laughs> and like posture them on the battlefield Beef up as the like field. A, as a scare tactic, right? So they do these things, and part of me wondered because of this, if this was some sort of maybe tech that maybe we still don't understand because maybe it was destroyed, but it was some sort of tech to basically. Scare pirates or scare pirates. Sorry, a pilot. Uh, to scare pilots. And it's just some technology that they had come up with. But yeah, it was helium up, tanks and balloons. Just it was just straight up off. some some sort of they were doing something and it was sh- nothing more than to distract and maybe intimidate um pilots. That's kind of where my brain thought when we started going into the Nazi aspect. Right. So in the the 1950s, there was an article that was printed in Andrew's favorite magazine, Der Der Spiegel, Spiegel. (laughs) uh, that mentioned a a quote from Rudolf Schreiber. We didn't clarify what the name of the magazine was. What was it? Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. Der Spiegel. Spiegel? What was the name of the article, Dan? You're not talking about... Hold on. Untertassen Flieger Combination. <laughs> oh, Untertassen Flieger. Yeah. In the Spiegel, 1950. Yeah. That's a good article. That's a good article. I love the greatest article in all of the world. Oh, Jack's back. He's back. He's always here. He's always here. 
It's a combination of Untertassen and Fliegel. Yeah, it's Fliegel. You're talking about Jack's favorite magazine, Der Spiegel. Jack is here for Der Spiegel. His favorite magazine and his favorite article as well? Yeah. Der Spiegel. What are the odds? So uh, Rudolf Schreiber, who was an engineer in Nazi Germany, uh, said that he had actually uh, worked with engineers who had experimented in the early 1940s with flying saucer craft. Not necessarily. I don't think you're... There's no real indication that he mentioned that this was alien tech, but perhaps just, you know, earthly or just the designs of these saucer like craft. Um, and he said that he had made blue pr- actual blueprints for these machines, uh, which he one of them he called or referred to as a flying top. But he says that uh, these blueprints were actually stolen <sighs> right before Germany's collapse from his actual laboratory. Oh, shit. Yeah, and then he was made, he made claims that this this flying machine would be capable of speeds up to two thousand six hundred miles per hour, God and then they damn. would have an operational radius of about four thousand miles. Twenty six hundred miles per hour. What Mach? That's got to be like Mach two or something. That's like yeah, two, three almost. It's like three. What is it? What's Mach one? Like seven hundred and sixteen of something? sound. Thirty four, three hundred forty three meters per second. Ah. 761 miles per hour. Yeah, 760. What did I say? 762? Yeah, yeah 761 something. Oh, dude, I talk that fast. Faster than dude, that. We're all, yeah, we're almost Mach 3 at the potential of that. <laughs> yeah. No, like, nothing ever really, like, after that article, I, nothing really pops up about Rudolf Schreiber. So I, I could kind of chalk that up to the fact that, you know, everybody was throwing, you know, 1940s, 1950s were just like the fucking... Wild what, West. Of what can aviation. we? We have what can we build or what can we? Temp- or it's like you want to throw out everything you can to try and get government funding because everybody's heard about paperclip at this point, probably. Like, are hey, you, we know they're picking up scientists. Dan, and are you? U.S. government's throwing money at them and moving. Are you them to attacking Texas. the credibility so. of the Spiegel? <laughs> that is a fucking that that is prime time literature there, the Spiegel. Great journalism. Yeah, they fact check. They know their shit. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? Sully the name of Dispiegel. Dispiegel and Rudolf Schreiber. Okay, so he so he loses. You're gonna get a combination of the Untertassen <laughs> and the Fliegel. <laughs> <laughs> so he says it, his his blueprints were taken after the war. Yeah. But that doesn't mean like the existence of UFO sightings continued all the way to now, like to especially of dis sightings. So you have you have another another perhaps plausible explanation, or perhaps another person who may have uh, designed these craft, or somebody's designs who had come to fruition near near the end of the war. Or you have Victor Schauberger. Oh, I fucking love I love Schauberger. I'm sure you love it. I hate Beer break. We gotta I, open some I hate being in the studio with this guy. Oh, you're so smelly. I, dude, you can't smell yourself. Listen, no. No, you listen to your MJ cheeks. Since you got your fucking nose job, you can shit yourself and not smell yourself. It's Bitch. bullshit. All right, we done? No, we're not. I done. want someone Thanks. to roll back the tape. Roll back the tape. It didn't smell, though. Hey, no, you will, smell. you will listen. You will watch Andrew. Yeah, but it didn't smell. You said, you looked he at leans. me and said, sorry. He leaves. He goes, yeah, for a quick one because I'm healthy. Nah, it doesn't nah. stink. You're you. blaming. Your his, fart from his fart smell thirty like fucking, seconds earlier. Listen, his on, farts smell like pep and sheds. No, all right, the guy's not healthy. He's eating fucking 
gas station subs and shit like no. that. Yeah, he is. He's not a healthy person. <sighs> Anyways, Dan, Dan, continue. What, did I clog your toilet too? Is that what the next thing <laughs> you Look at the rosacea on your face. We'll get back to the clogging of the toilet. Another. <laughs> <laughs> I look like Dopey the Dwarf right now with this fucking swollen nose. <laughs> Yeah, I wish you could smell yourself. Right. Uh, Victor Schauberger was actually an Austrian naturalist who worked for the Nazis uh, against his will in 1943. Now, his background as a forest warden is, is where he said that he developed uh, an understanding of nature's workings in which he wanted to apply the principles that nature has to a lot of its... Yeah, you know, that's that's the person I want to make yeah, aerospace engineering yeah. and, and, you know, fucking airplanes. <laughs> the world's first holistic aerospace engineer. Yeah, like, you know, oh yeah, I'm one with the forest. Let uh, yeah. me make a fucking... We're gonna lather this glocka. essential oil before we light it. Well, his, his philosophy on aeros- like aerospace design was that the the way that we design jet engines, or this is the way I understand it, is the way that we understand like the way that we design propulsion systems was not in line with nature. I think it he said like, man after every sentence. Yeah. You know what I mean, man? Uh I would equiv like when I read this and I was like, what kind of qualifications? Because they're like, he's a self-made genius, and I'm like what the fuck does that mean? Like, this is the guy, this is the guy you put in charge to make these things? I'm like, that's like us hiring Snowforest or whatever her name is. You to know, this build guy jet. is falling around fucking Grateful Dead and he's a deadhead. Yeah. Like, it, taking breaks. To me, this is, so, I was like, but I guess this kind of speaks to where the, like, the Nazis were at this time. Like, they were really believers into this kind of, well, they're the thinking, fucking weird, thinking outside, right? man. Well, they're thinking outside the box. And Dan was saying, like, our technology right now, like, our propulsion is not in line with nature and the fact that like he was trying to develop like a it's called like a vortex like a vortex a prayer machine <laughs> it's like a no it's like a, it's called like a torsion field yeah and that's like in line with what's in line with so a torsion field is like the earth's magnetic uh magnetic field as a torsion field that emanates from the equator it goes up to up to the poles and such it's like a a cycl- a cycl- uh, cyclical cyclical thing so he's trying to say, like, because this was in, uh, did you ever watch, what was that fucking, <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, the Gamble guy, he made this doc, Thrive, the documentary is called Thrive, and they were explaining like a, a torsion engine, like a, a, like a torsion field. So what he's saying is like, he's trying to like emulate, because torsion fields, not only earth, but like galaxies so and it's the a natural, he's trying to mimic it's a, a very natural, natural occurring thing events. in nature, the torsion field. And he was trying to, I guess, use it to develop some type of flight like propulsion that would you could use it to lift off holy hey hold well, on the, you know the principles that he did use and and the designs of hold on dan that's the longest cells ever talked without saying graham hancock or younger drives <laughs> give me time get out of it get out of your head what do you think i was like that's true what do you think brought in the fucking comet at the younger drives it was the torsion field the torsion field of the solar system pulled in the Younger Dryas impact comet and subsequent thereafter at the older and oldest Dryas. So there were claims that Schauberger had actually developed a type of vortex engine. Like his his kind of uh, designs really depended on, like Zell said, the the production of these vortices or like these torsion fields to produce levitation. And then in some cases they said energy generation. So they would be capable both of motion and producing electricity. Zero point. So you can do that. 
The, the, um, they refer to it, it in that was, documentary Thrive as zero point energy, like gr- fully green, renewable, unlimited energy. And so like in order to fly or apply this to flight, because I think they had applied this principle mostly, I think uh, his, I think his designs applied mostly to Seacraft, uh, like he he was more of kind of like developing uh, specialized propellers and stuff for ships and to get ships to be able to move more efficiently through water. And then they thought to try to apply these principles to flight as well. And they thought perhaps they could use this vortex engine um, to use utilize the friction between vortices uh, and and surrounding air to force air downwards and then creating an overall lift effect because mm-hmm. it, was, it was basically, it took his design, which he had been using for ships, you know, uh, you know, and mounting it uh, horizontally to move a ship through the Yeah, Andrew was using water. that same premise like a couple And then you would ago. put it vertically. So it's like, okay, that. what if we flip it over and instead we put it in an aircraft? Like, so, and vi- so. initially he made it for the individuals and now he wants to make it for the fucking space people. Yes. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. I can figure it's it. all Some connected. Down. Amazing. <laughs> Bring back to individual. <laughs> Broken down and summed up. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Incredible. <laughs> um, there have been a few. I read a few um papers that were published in, in a few of like engineering journals from Australia and stuff like this, where they had actually tested some of the uh the designs that uh Schauberger had had for his engines. And the ones that actually they tested in the water at least one or two tests actually seem to indicate that they did produce more power at least or more propulsion, like at least to some extent of like 25% were some reports. What? Um, I didn't do And being able to actually more efficiently move through the water. But when oh. they try to apply it to lift, they're just like, it doesn't work. It's like, you don't, you, you it's have to mostly scale up the energy to a greater. Well, right. But it, it, they said that the, Mostly they only worked because of the principle because of you're moving friction in water in a liquid. Like it can actually do it. Like it's that's the only way to do it. But they also said that like sudden changes in in pressure and in um heat or a temperature could also affect these these kinds of engines greatly. But and then trying to put it in air, it's just like you can't generate enough friction in air to utilize one of these to actually apply the principles. You're going to crash. You're going to have a bad time, basically. Well, you're not going to produce enough energy. You're not going to be able to produce enough lift to get the thing off the ground and moving through the air than you would in the water where it's like the friction. You're basically riding a lawnmower. (laughs) Yes, I guess. (laughs) This is where the rhino lawnmower was invented. They're like, fuck, this thing doesn't fly. And then they move it and they're like, holy shit, it cut the grass. Fucking great, though. Boom. Listen, right now, I don't know where was the ride. It was if the riding lawnmower was made up in Germany. <laughs> this is how this is the Germans did a lot of engineering. I wouldn't be surprised. This is this is history. <laughs> we have to take a quick moment. Where was the lawnmower? Cecily Pond. That's fucking Ron that? Pond's cousin. Cecily Pond invented yeah. the ride on lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, he's not fucking German. <laughs> Oh, England. Oh, probably after what? What year was it? It was actually forty-six. He actually made it in nineteen fucking like eighteen thirty. So people have had a riding lawn. Never mind. Never mind. It was a good scrap, uh, scrap good that. Thought. No, he blew it. <laughs> so one so, of the other. So basically, I hold on. Let me f- change my theory. They had a riding lawnmower, and the guy was like, 
what if you turned this thing up to like dial it up to a hundred? Think it would take off? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Checks out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, one of the other uh, aviation pioneers of Nazi Germany was Heinrich Fokker. 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 Yeah. Um. He was the co-founder of Fokker and Wolf Company, and they're best known for the inventing like the FW sixty-one uh, Fokker Wolf, and Fokker, is the uh, first Fokker successful Wolf? German helicopter. So they were getting really big towards the end of the war. Um, I mean, you can it's it's widely known that Germany was kind of having this kind of uh, push towards VTOL aircraft or an interest in VTOL aircraft. What is V? What is VTOL? Yeah, I've I've no idea what VTOL is. Is VTOL just like like a is a helicopter VTOL technology? VTOL vertical takeoff. Oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they say in Call of Duty. VTOL jet inbound. Oh yeah, vertical takeoff. Yeah. Ol vertical yeah. takeoff and landing. Is oh yeah, VTOL. Gotcha. So like a a Harrier jet would be considered right. a VTOL jet. Yeah. Right. Any any aircraft that can take off do exactly what that says. Right. Quinjet. It can vertically take off <laughs> and and then vertically land and we're yeah, a, all a, right. Helicarrier. We're dummies so yeah, over like here. A, fucking yeah, helicarrier. Osprey. Dan, what was that plane? Uh, the Thunderbolts. What what plane was in True Lies? Which one's Arnold flying? Because that one was like that. That was a Harrier. Yeah. Was it? Harrier. Badass. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, but there, but VTOL can record like it doesn't necessarily have to have the same propulsion system. So there are different ways to um, yeah, that are VTOL aircraft. So you have ones that are like the Harrier. They have like a type of like they well, it's like I think it's thrust vectoring or whatever, where they they kind of angle the they angle the thrust from the jet down and that carries them up, or the exhaust they angle it down that lifts them up, and then they you know, shift it back or whatever. Right. And then you have VTOL aircraft like that use propellers that use the, the you know, your V-22 Ospreys, your helicopters, like those are technically yeah. VTOL as well. VTOLs. And so uh, one of the craft that Fokka had been designing or working on was known as the Fokka Rockin'. Fokka Rockin'! <laughs> Fuck the Fokka Rockin', don't come a-knockin'. <laughs> And um, if if you look this one up, the, the Fokker Rocket was it's a pretty Fokka rad Rocken. looking thing. Like it's a pretty rad concept for an aircraft. Better be with that like, fucking name. Yeah, it's got a fucking rocking name. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's got the cockpit at the front, pretty much. It's like it's a it's an angular, pretty much a saucer, a little bit like a delta shape, a little bit rounded towards the uh, pointed towards the where the cockpit is, but towards the back, it has a large, um, like horizontally mounted. Uh, like thruster in the middle. It's just like a big propeller in the middle. And then this would be allow the craft um, on the bottom of the craft. There's basically just a bunch of slats. And then these would be, they like open them up and then you would throw, you would vector the thrust down from the giant propeller and then it would take off vertically. And then once you wanted to go forward, you would close those slats and then you would, you could go ahead and, and you angle. <laughs> well, <laughs> you would crash, Dan. Few what times. would happen if you were Fock Rocket? Well, no, because you would, you would actually angle the thrust like backwards. So as you move the slats, like the thrust would angle you forwards and up. Yeah. And then you would kind of push these. Um, yeah, there would be these uh, a rearward series of levers uh, like and pulleys. afterburners, essentially, like these exhaust on the back, yeah. which are kind of like tiny little jets. And then they would just push it forward. All this and to then cut some grass? Off. Like, what's the fucking point? I don't understand. 
<laughs> yeah, it's I, like the design. The design is revolutionary for the time. It's it's super cool. It's like a super neat little, little looking thing. But um, you know, I don't think it ever actually made it to the uh, the. It it, came, it made it to the design phase, but it didn't make it to the production phase. I don't think they actually made any. But if they did, you know, that's a possible explanation for what these these pilots were seeing. This is one of the things that you'll see applied there, right? Um, so, as some of the possible futuristic tech that could be explained as the Foo Fighters, right? I mean, these these things that we see is that it, it kind of gives you evidence to support. The Nazis were developing aircraft that were not familiar or worked in ways that we were not familiar with uh, up to that point. Like they were they were experimenting with revolutionary ideas yeah, in, the Nazis, in aeronautics. Yeah, design. Right. The, the Nazis weren't the only ones. No, they were not. But just before we tell you about that one, Dan, I got a I got another confession to make. I need a beer. Beer break. Beer break. Well, I got another confession to make. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Mark. And we're the hosts of Lorehammer, a Warhammer 40k podcast. Are you tired of constantly being probed by the Greys? For information, of course. Sick of the reptilians spending your tax dollars on their underground cities' roads? And as for our benevolent space brothers, the Nordic aliens, with their tall bodies and their perfectly cut blonde hair, their blue eyes glistening in the sun, their muscles Whoa, Eric, that's rippling. enough. Oh. Keep it together. Uh, well, if you're not turned away yet, you should head over to Lorehammer and check out the wonderfully horrific world of Warhammer 40k. It's chock full of hundreds of alien species, a galaxy full of conflict and never-ending war. So if you're sick of being taken advantage of by aliens, join us as we talk about humanity kicking ass and grinding up xeno-civilizations, then shooting their remains into the sun. The xenos only crime? Existence. So that's fun. In each episode, we try to take a singular topic in the universe and regurgitate it in an easy-to-digest manner. Yeah, we're gonna mama-bird you. So prepare yourself for hours of nonsensical talk, stupid and pedantic arguments about things that aren't even real, and let's not ever forget many, many, many alien species. You can find Lorehammer on Spotify and follow our socials. And remember, in the grim darkness of the far future, there are only two types of aliens, ones that are dead and ones that are about to be dead. Do it. Do it. We're back. We're back. Um, there's like, there's always this weird, or not weird, but it always seems to be like the most pop, the popularized theory that the or popularized view that the Nazis were way ahead of everybody in terms of like aviation design and aeronautic design. Nah. Well, they were in some some regards, but in, well, so, in, in rocketry, there's, there's like probably in another rocketry. They were those it, things, maybe jet propulsion, things like that, but. Not by much. Not by much. Mm. Like There's probably rockets, a, sure, but jet propulsion, very not so much. Elite like, population of people that could become yeah, very elite, like really the best, elite, the best, very the best, the best, the best, sir. Yeah. Like the best that there is, yeah. the, best the best there was, was the best, best there ever, ever will be. be. Very courteous, yeah. very yeah. intelligent. Yeah. country. Fuck a boot, fine dude. Fuck a boot, bud. So yeah, the 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 British, the Nazis, and. Canadian. Yay! Yay! Oh, we're, we're, we're also working with uh, jet propulsion. 
solution systems as well. And not only celebrate too quickly on it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Not only jet propulsion systems, but also they were also experimenting with saucer craft. Fine saucers. One of those, the most well known, perhaps, is the Avro Canada VZ9 Avro car. I know we've talked about this fucking thing before, and it definitely didn't fly. (laughs) Well, it (laughs) hovered, maybe. I think it got off the ground a little bit, but. But there's uh, the first Avro car actually rolled out of the factory in 1959, and pretty much from nine from June to October of 1959, it was tested uh, in a static hover rig. So it's like they they tested these aircraft to try to get them going. There's a whole big story, and we'll probably maybe we'll do it on a confidential or something to to. Talk about Avro, maybe just the company Avro in they made cool shit. Well, hey, at one point, I you know, not a lot of people know this, but they designed an airplane at the time called the Avro Arrow mm-hmm. that was literally the greatest plane ever made that outperformed every plane in existence, was decades ahead of their time. And they went, This is too powerful. They crashed it into fucking Lake Superior, some shit, and burned all the plants. They dropped the prototypes in the lake, got rid of it. Canada said, yeah, it's, it's too good, eh? Yeah. world doesn't we need we, this. We can't have this falling into the wrong hands, eh? <laughs> Before that, though, they had these Avro cars, which apparently <laughs> couldn't get more than three feet off the ground. <laughs> and pretty much any higher than that, they're you unsta- die. unstable. You would die. Yeah. Easy. You couldn't, Easy. you couldn't keep it flat. You couldn't go anywhere. It was just, yeah. It was good for a beer run. Great. Right? Basically, with the Avro Arrow, they mix this with a Canadian goose. And it became the the best plane of all time. But if if you're watching live stream, I'll, I'll show you a quick picture of it. It's a really cool looking prototype, though. Like yeah, it's if a, you were in a like a flying saucer, like that's what it'd be. You'd have you have your turbine oh, in the middle, and, like spin it up, and then you know thrust no. vector down, and then it would What's create lift. I don't know how you would get it necessarily a, up in the air because I don't know how that would get. I don't know how that would necessarily perform. Well, it didn't perform that well. And they're asking, yeah. why does it say U.S. Air Force on it? Is because it was by commission of the United States, but oh, built right. by Avro. U.S. paid for it, but it was built in built Canada. Built in Canada with the sense. genius engineers and yeah. metal workers of Canada. Of our best naturalists. Yeah. <laughs> for holistic. We had, yeah. we, we had a game. <laughs> we used a Space. game warden. We used a, yeah. B, a BC game warden as lead. It runs lead off on maple syrup. Yeah. Good. A lot of energy in maple syrup. Yeah. Okay. I think they're missing out. So you have these these actual flying saucer craft, but when you talk about Foo Fighters and you look at the actual descriptions of what like Foo Fighters are described as or seen as, it, the, like we said before, these are professional pilots. If they saw something saucer shaped, they probably would have said saucer shaped. Saucer shaped. They <laughs> yeah, would have said so. this is some type of light, or it you know it it is that definitely it wasn't. Ball, is it the Great Balls of Fire? Is that where that song comes Goodness from? Goodness gracious, Great Balls of Fire. Maybe. I don't think so. Maybe. Oh. Can't confirm that one, but fucking can't confirm. Maybe I'm just putting that Jerry together because it was with Who sings Pop that? Gun. Is it Jerry Lewis? I'm pretty sure it's Jerry Lewis. Mm. I think it's Jerry guy Lewis. that's dating his fucking cousin or something or is something weird. Second, second cousin? No, like first. Like right. Greasy no, so so the theories on the on the Foo Fighters, uh, everyone says like, okay, they were advanced yep. craft, like prototype craft, either from, like the Nazis were developing them, or maybe and maybe the Nazi pilots who also seen them thought maybe the 
the allies were developing them. That's a that's a good point that you brought up that we hadn't talked about yet. Is that at the same time you're having like Japanese fighters and Nazi fighters saying the same thing. So you, on the Axis side, they're going, is this some sort of ally? Like, do the allies have some sort of tech. craft or tech that we don't know about? And then I find it very peculiar that everyone was trying to build saucers at this time. Right. Mm. Right. Is it one of those things where maybe you're, you're both parties are seeing these things and going, we've seen it in the air. Seen it. We've seen it maneuver, right? It's outmaneuver, it's vanishing. Like, can we replicate it? Can we can we match what it's doing? I feel like I should know this because we've talked about this shit for like so many times. Why a saucer? Is it more aerodynamic? Like, what the fuck is it about this saucer shape that has everybody trying to make one? Well, this, these saucers we were talking about, we were we now found out vertical takeoff craft. They are yeah. they're run on like turbines and stuff, and they're pushing air. But the actual ET saucers that have been seen and know theorized about are actually using like anti-gravitic they're like either distorting gravity or reversing gravity or something like that and the craft is supposed to be the, that shape of craft is like uh who was the german guy who was talking about the torsion fields oh in the in it's the, the Spiegel? yeah in the Der Spiegel. in the Der Spiegel, yes i think that's uh oh, no, rudolf schriever schriever yeah when he was talking about mm. the uh, says he was talking about the fucker too and no he was talking about the intertakes in the combination and the combination of the two place but I know it's in I've those in it. those type of craft, like theoretically, they're using like a different type of physics, like the torsion field, and and the craft, the saucer shape, it seems to be the way to emulate it. I guess is the theory. It's holistic. Yeah. One, um, one of the more fantastic theories that comes out of this kind of whole thing is the idea of like if it's flying saucer craft, there's always this mention of the Vril discs. Ooh. Now, yeah. the Vril is like a fictional race of people. Or the Vril society. Supposedly. The Vril Society, which is also a thing, kind of, or supposedly a thing, some side of uh, occult society within Nazi Germany or popularized during uh, the 1930s and such. But there was a novel actually written by one Edward Bulwer Lighton called The Coming Race. And it was a talking about, it was basically Jules, uh, Jules Verne's Journey to the Center of the Earth, except in the Center of the Earth, instead of having dinosaurs and shit, it's going to be a fucking advanced race of Nordic advanced Nordic race of aliens that use a energy source known as Vril mm. uh, to do everything. You know, it's basically it's um, their fossil fuel. Is what you're saying? It's arcana. It's mana. It's yeah. the force. It's everything. It's yeah. basically that placeholder thing in a, Mito, in a fantasy Mito, novel. Like, or this or is how magic works. It's magic, but not yeah. magic. Mitochondrians. Mitochondria is a real yeah, thing. That's yeah. the powerhouse of the cell. Yes, you're right. Good <laughs> job. <laughs> Boom. Um, and it's sometimes theories that perhaps, like you know, uh, this real thing was not so much is not so much a fictional novel as it was perhaps like the Nazis had some sort of contact with extraterrestrials and they had gleaned some type of knowledge which gave them a uh, idea of how to use anti gravity to propel or as a propulsion system for some of their craft um, is often uh, mentioned usually alongside. I see it a lot of times with mercury or red, red mercury. mercury, specifically red mercury. So that kind of always flies around with the thing. There are forms technically of red mercury, but they don't really, there's like, uh, is it mercury sulfide and like mercury oxide, I think, which are like uh, 
Is this the yeah, one Mercury. where it's like Mercury's in a sphere and you get the gyroscopic yeah. spinning and then when it spins, it lights up and it floats? As far as I know, and then while I was researching this and looking it up, Mercury doesn't, in its natural, you know, liquid form or whatever, it, in room temperature, it doesn't have any really extraordinary electromagnetic properties that you would expect. It doesn't really... You got like a running current anything. through I, it. It is... It is um, notable that at, when you chill it to like four degrees below Kelvin, like negative four Kelvin, which is like 477 degrees, negative 477 degrees Celsius or something like that. No, because <laughs> really it's an absolute it, zero, like minus 270 or something. Yeah. Well, if you get it super cold, it becomes a superconductor, which is pretty neat. Um, but once it gets above that temperature, then it just... It, it just becomes normal. So is that the te- um, is that the temperature that mercury freezes? Is that cold or something? It's really really cold. It's just it's just when it gets that cold, it has a lot of interesting electromagnetic properties where it becomes a superconductor. It can also become a perfect magnet. They said like once you apply a charge to it, it keeps that charge, which is um, positive or negative. You know, what? I it, always it I just charge. gotta say like whenever we start talking about things like this and mercury and getting these weird, I it, I just always pops into my head that like. All these times we talk about ancient civilizations and they have like these weird mercury, like mercury pools and stuff. And I'm like, why were they like so fascinated with it too? And it's like, because maybe they knew they that seen something. maybe they seen, seen something and knew just didn't know how to harness it yet. Right. And they were collecting it. <laughs> right. You know, or mercury just looks cool. Yeah, and <laughs> like at room true. temperature, it's metal, but it's also a liquid. liquid. Like, and they didn't know it was super poisonous. So yeah, they also didn't know it was super poisonous. So you know, <laughs> um, so th- that's one of the ideas. You have the, the red mercury kind of thing that kind of that that pops around in some things. Uh, there's not necessarily any scientific proof that mercury has any type of special qualities, especially uh, these things. If you're rotating it or producing heat or any, if you're trying to base a system on this, it would seem kind of like out of. Uh, wouldn't seem very practical because you have to, you, even if you're like, okay, well, what if they super cooled it? I'm like, I don't think they had Nazis had tech to keep. It, it would be impractical to try to keep mercury at that temperature while there's you're no, trying to fly. Yeah, there's no way somehow. they had like freezers that could be that efficient to freeze something yeah, that and, cold. And the thing is, if you even, if it gets slightly above the temperature that it, you know, that, that they, like slightly above that minus four Kelvin, it, ex, the, the heat exponentially rises because of the friction of like the, the, the photons or whatever moving through it. Like it just, it just compounds super fast. Yeah. So then it would lose all of its charge and then, and then you're kind of gone. SOL. So I don't know. There's a, there's that kind of whole thing, which is like, okay, if they had real discs that try an anti-gravity, it's like, you'd have to have some type of system to support that. I suppose that's, that's one of the, the theories that kind of floats around with the, the idea of these, these foo fighters. Or Um, Or maybe those real discs, like, because this is, this is kind of coming from science fiction. Maybe if, if it does come from, you know, a real thing, maybe there is like an actual real thing. Maybe whoever seen the craft just didn't really understand and just made up something they thought sounded cool. And maybe the actual workings of the actual real craft are much more, you know, understandable. If you someone just like show you, they're not like, we don't have to chill this mercury to minus 270. This is actually how it works. But the guy, whoever, if they've seen the craft or whatever it is and how that goes the story... Maybe he just, you know, he added that little sci-fi to it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, speaking of of sci-fi, like it, the pretty much the idea of Nazi UFOs is like well 
established in science fiction. Like it, it is always there and it's been there for a long time. Like it's, it's always kind of thing. And I guarantee that if like the first thing you would pop into your head when you think of Nazi UFOs is if uh, you can look it up. I, I told Zell earlier, it's like the hot, it's what was titled or named the Hanubu, like the Hanubu yeah. two yeah, craft. Two. It's awesome. It's That's a toy too by Revel. Yeah, here it's a model. If, if you're watching the live stream, yeah. this is that's like the classic uh the Nazi flying saucer one. Fucking Dude, look it machine looks guns like a bell too. It's got the little bell shape to it. Yeah. Right? Maybe that was the Glocka. Right? Yeah, the yeah. Glocka. Uh but look at that thing, man. Turrets on all sides, like Dude, that look. looks like something fucking it's missing a cobra. Fucking sign on it. Like, yeah. it should be fighting GI Joes. Yeah, exactly. The, the thing about <laughs> no, it should be fighting Decepticons because that is the design that they used for uh, Cosmos in the Transformers line. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Like, I remember that one. Like, I remember that UFO, and I remember that Transformer Cosmos because he looked like that shit, which he was apparently based off of that design um, that was made popular by George Adamski, who was a UFO big ufo to do in like the 50s and uh 40s and 40s 50s uh big dude but um like who's gonna it's like that's if you watched iron sky like if you watched no, that i didn't movie, watch it like yeah that that's that's pretty much what you get is this this idea that there is these um you know nazi ufos that these nazi that the nazis had access to some type of alien technology that helped them build these craft or something like that but I don't know. Like even that thing, it's like, even if you look at that, if you look at that and you were like, okay, that's the kind of craft that they were fielding at the time. Does that look like a Foo Fighter? Mm, no. From like descriptions, could that possibly be a Foo Fighter from the descriptions that you, that you guys read or that you guys looked at? No. I mean, there's all, all these are craft that should be easily visible in the sky if they were flying only a hundred feet or a hundred yards from you. Not a gl- just a glowing orange ball. One, one of the, probably one of the one of the best explanations, and I don't know whether this is actually plausible, and I don't, I can't, uh, I can't yeah. tell if the dude is totally serious. Is the is is there is an explanation put forth by Renato Vesco called the Führerball, yes, <laughs> which is German for fireball. It's basically and like an NBA Jam when you he's on fire, it was he, just Hitler throwing. He roll uh, his basketballs. I believe he roll five d eights for damage. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> yeah, but for flak damage, because apparently this thing was a, what he claimed was a ground-launched, automatically guided, jet-propelled flak mine. Dope. That you could you could launch into the air, and then it would fly around, and it would, it would like, lock on or avoid enemy fire. It had all kinds of crazy properties that this guy said. But it, it flew by a means of, like, gas jets that spun, um... I get. I the description was like a Catherine wheel. If you've ever seen one of those fucking like whistling disky, that's what I was thinking. Whistling in my head. Is that what it is? Fireworks, like that's how it flew, or Gamera, like kind of like Gamera the fucking turtle. Like it's it just like spins in a circle and you launch it. I like I don't. I see how this would possibly be practical. When you launch, when they describe it. I'm like, there's no way this would fucking work. So wait, you they they launch it up. It's spinning. It's a mine, so it has to be triggered by an aircraft, or like would it just explode I, I, I after like know. a time delay? 
Like it, I, it would like find craft. I don't know. I would assume it would have to have some sort of like magnetic because charge. Is, like it would, that... it would like limp it onto a onto a plane or something and then explode. But there's no reports of this ever happening. No, but they're saying that perhaps like these were the th- these. That's what these things were, and maybe not necessarily to just um, not necessarily just to to blow up planes, but technically like disable them. That there there's some. There's some descriptions that that kind of, or some people theorize that there is this inside of these things. They had some type of like electromagnetic disruption devices that would try that, that would disrupt communications or something between uh, planes and like ground control. Holy fuck! And that's what they were. This supposed is a to fucking do. jack of all trades. Is this is this before? Yeah. Did they even? I guess did they know the effects of EMP because they were just starting to light off. Atomic but we bombs? Would, but we would well, hear, you know, we would you hear about fucking all their apparatuses electrical down, storms so. and things interfere with radio. Yeah, I guess. Radio, with air, with radio. So it's like we knew they knew that there was yeah, that's a That's a lot of energy in those electrical storms compared to like one one mine exploding. Well, it's not exploding. It would just like have some, it had some type of like electrical field device. Like it'd have electrical, it would generate some type of electrical field that would disrupt communications like in a short distance or something like that that, that yeah, was the right that's the explanation put forth by by that author and it sounds sounds pretty wild i mean that would that is the closest thing to what they witnessed though like a small glowing orb which maybe that could have been if that was like a real like a real device because all the other ones are craft like craft size so like big big saucers not like a small glowing orb so this, like, I guess it's kind of like a drone in a way, but not, not really a drone because it's not controlled. Yeah, it's ludicrous in my mind. <laughs> if I can do all, okay. does everything. Okay, so we got the fear ball. We got the fear, the fear. ball. We got all these other craft the, that could have been a fucker wolf. <laughs> that could have been the spiegel. We have the spiegel. The spiegel. He wants the spiegel. Uh, well. You know, I still I still like to think that, you know, perhaps the Nazis did have some sort of technology like this because the the sightings of the Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters, uh, <laughs> basically stop at the end of the war. Like as soon as we start to the Allies start to take over Germany and stuff, sightings of Foo Fighters stops. Uh, so w- what I think it could be one possibility, and it's, it's, I don't have all my chips in this one. I just, when I've been going through it and thinking about it, this is what I think could be a possibility is that they did have some sort of deterrent technology that was just up there. To, like I said earlier to, you know, scare these pilots. And when it was looking grim for the Nazis, I believe that they destroyed the technology and all the plans. And then people are like, well, something would be saved. It's like, well, in in today's like t- like later in time, Canadians made the Avro Arrow. They've destroyed this. We still can't make that. We still have no idea what the plans are. Literally everything was destroyed. So it's like when people say, "Well, well something would have got out." I was like, "Well, stuff didn't get out from the Avro Arrow, and there was no war. They, a company just was like, we don't want it." What about Destroy all the scientists it. that were fucking? Yeah, but let's say it was. Let's say America. this technology was compartmentalized, right? Like, like the way the Russians do it. Yeah, where so it's like. You know, one person was working on something, but no one has a whole piece of the pie. Sure. Right? Yeah. So maybe it was something like that. That's kind of where, like, my first thought went to. But what's the tech then? Like, a glowing orb that doesn't attack, it just follows. It was Heat-seeking a- heat swamp gas. 
Stole my joke. It hardest St. Elmo's fire. I did that. I was 100%. Such a fucking joke. Today. Steal, I, said it, I said it earlier today and he went, ha! That's pretty good. That guy's a good fucking career on it, man. That's for, I went, that's You good. know what? At least he didn't just yell it louder than you did when you said it. <laughs> Heat speaking! Swap gas! <laughs> no, but if, say, they did it so. That would make sense if it was if it say it was Nazi tech that wasn't quite developed and these glowing orbs were just there as like deterrents. Like, oh, was, let's put we don't have the capabilities to attach weapons to them yet, but let's put them up there and maybe we can like work, tail. S- s- you know tail them, scare them a little bit. Maybe they think we'll have something that we have something more. Maybe make them worried worried a little bit because at this time of the war, like the Allies are taking over the skies, right? Yeah, they're bombing all of fucking Germany. They're leveling like every major city and production facility. So if it was like a some type of like small, that's in my mind, I was like, it, it's like it seems drone size, right? Doesn't seem like a pilot was in it. So there I mean, was no description that like this was big. Like I never saw that. It was like there was many. There was around. They were beside the wing. So I imagine like. Relative to the planes they were in, these things were smaller in size. Yeah, in my mind. So yeah, if there was te- lost tech, it, it would have been it wouldn't have been a disc. It would have been something that we just don't know about. Whatever yeah. it got bombed or t- destroyed, and she gone forever. But what? Uh, let's move on to some other theories because there is the main one we got to talk about. It's always atmospheric phenomenon of some type with these type of sightings, like some glowing orb. So what could that be? So uh, one of the explanations put forth, I think, was that these could perhaps be a type of static discharge that were actually pretty prevalent or actually pretty common with airplanes of that day. Um, if you've ever if you've ever flown in a plane and you've looked out on the wing or you've gotten to set, you've been lucky enough to sit on the um, there's someone on, <laughs> on the, the wing window, on the window <laughs> seat. If you look at it on the wing, you'll sometimes see these tiny little like kind of wires, like these little uh, kind of (laughs) sticks that stick out from the from the planes. These are actually called static wicks, uh, which are actually installed in order to like mitigate the the buildup of static electricity that planes get while flying through the air. Um, If you look up videos of it, you can see it now like uh, it it does occasionally happen, like uh, especially I've seen some I watched some videos of like a space shuttle reentry. And when they're just like burning through the atmosphere, all the static electricity that builds up, you'll see like lightning bolts and things and like just like tiny specks of green light and things like it's like flying past the windows. It's because they're flying way too close to Mount Olympus. (laughs) Right. I'm no fuck off, man. Yeah. And you see and they said it's actually like a really it happens a lot it's a lot more common in like uh snowy conditions which is uh, more more friction yeah um you have a lot more friction in the air and things like that but that technology of these static dischargers like that didn't actually become popular until like the the building of the b-29 which was towards the end of the war Mm -hmm. they didn't actually install them on any other planes i think the b-29 was one of the first planes to actually be built with those right uh actual things so that's one of the explanations that perhaps like some of these uh, some of these maybe not all of them could actually be attributed to these um atmospheric phenomenon like just static electricity building up in the they call it the phenomenon is called saint almos fire Right, that's also like it, yeah. It, it, it comes it off, it, it come off like the the nose of the plane or the tips of the wings. A but it, w- but we, we, we shaped in a ball. Though. No, that's, no. What, that's what I mean. We looked some of it up, and there is a lot of video of of it, and it you is. Can watch it's, it. It's, it's looks like lightning you off would, the wing. <laughs> I would never ever describe 
the video footage of St. Elmo's fire that as I've seen. Foo? As Foo Fighters. As Foo? As Foo. Okay. Never. That's fair. It's That's completely, yeah. like, I would go, like, when I was watching all the the videos we watched and the, the cockpit videos, I went, that's some sort of lightning. That's that's what there's some sort of electrical something going on. I didn't go. Oh, are those Foo Fighters? Tallying it up. Uh, but like, there's but not a chance in my head. It, like, it, it my could maybe happen. It. I could say you could, you know, some maybe that phenomenon up to some weird sightings. Like you look to your left, you see the spark off your off the wing, and maybe the conditions are just right, and it. You know, leaves like a. You know, it looks like an orb for a second, but I don't think you can. You can't do it to all of these because you're on different sides of the planet. You know, different regions. It's different not, cultures, different sides of the war. Like, yeah. So and it, it's a very similar description of the that that ball, that orange ball, the fireball, right? Orange light, or green, or, light lightning. You don't go. I've never gone and in, into a thunderstorm and seen lightning. And gone. Wow, look at that fireball. <laughs> Oh, did you guys see that fireball? It's like, no, that was lightning. They it, knew what lightning was in fucking the 1920s, 40s, 30s. See that? Oh, there's a lightning strike. 40s. There's a, 40s. There's, 40s. A, there's, a, close, there's, yeah. there's a lightning ball that just followed up in the sky for, you know, the thing minutes. That, the thing that stands out the most to me, like that jumped out, is the fact that they were followed for long periods of time and it was mimicking all their moves with such precision or precision 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 and wouldn't leave until they would like do some type of evasive evasive maneuver and you got to think like in my head I'm like these people are going through they're they're in a complete state of hypervigilance right like this is probably the most stressed out that they've ever been they're fucking fatigued they're getting exhausted. shot at they're being fired they're, by a fucking fireball well, like i said like fucking legitimately hypervigilance they're on their game some of them were even on fucking street drugs some of them <laughs> yeah. on meth for fuck's sakes and it makes me wonder like you know what if it was even just something as simple as fucking like reflections off the cockpit and the fact that these stories are oh. traveling and they're telling each other like oh, i think i saw something and then you're fucking in there you know kenny loggins is playing you're on the highway to the fucking danger zone and you're seeing <laughs> these fucking... He's playing 40 years before, yes. 40 years before the song was written. <laughs> you know, and you're fucking fired up. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, here's the thing, though. For Think about all the... like. I, I would say, look at the light sources. You got sun, moon, but, ground sources, but here's, instrument but, panels. But for every explanation from one of the fighter pilots saying that it followed me through evasive maneuvers, there's another one saying I got away from it using evasive maneuvers. Right, so it's like you have some people that evasive maneuvers. Yeah, so you work. lose a light source after you fucking go and you fuck so, around. And for some a bit. people didn't. Some it kept. I just don't understand. Venus was the light of Venus was just fucking tailing them around yeah. through the sky. They're like, oh shit, I can't. There's Venus. Any any type of fucking reflection, and then it just doesn't make any sense. Like, why tail? Why not do anything, and then why just disappear? Like, none of that makes any fucking sense. Why would a fucking ship? Or saucer that has the ability to do something that nobody else can fucking comprehend at this point in time. Give a fuck about a shitty airplane. Galactic they're like, well, this is nothing. This is nothing to me. This is archaic fucking technology. We're at the peak stupid. of human conflict. If you were an ET species, yeah. scientifically observing the planet, let's just hypothetical. If you've been watching this whole time, you've seen wars and you've seen people die, and then you get to World War II. Well, World War One first probably triggered like holy guys. They're using ancient fighting techniques, lining up in lines where machine guns mow them down. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> fucking and then World War II comes along, and you're like, okay, these monkeys haven't learned their lesson. Now they're just making bigger, more badass weapons, killing each other faster. Maybe we should just, you know, maybe they're on the cusp of, you know, joining. Maybe we should be uh, dangerous. And put then, out fireballs and just follow them around for a little bit, and then just dude, leave. And then after the 
the atomic bombs drop, the war is over, and the Foo Fighters disappear. It's like they're like, okay, we know what they can do. Let's uh, go back to our mothership and analyze. Mm -hmm. It's wars over a sword. There's no more fucking fighter so, jets with so, messed up pilots. So Andrew, what, what you're saying is, Andrew, with yours is like the common like between the stress. Maybe this was like some sort of group hallucination. I think it's hypervigilance, or PTSD, stress. like not PTSD, like hypervigilance, like the fact that you're always on. You're you're ready for something at all times. So when you see something, you automatically assume it's something. Right. We got we got to talk about one more atmospheric phenomenon before moving on, and that's. Ball lightning. I feel like we've talked about this in every. I just, UFO case I, there's, I just, for me, I'm like, it's the every only description of ball lightning you hear. It's like the slow rolling, moving, like it doesn't make intelligent maneuvers. No, it does not. Right. So it's like, to me, I was like, the second people were trying to explain this off is like, well, they just didn't know about ball lightning back then. I'm like, ball lightning's not fucking orange. Right? Like, it's never been described as orange anywhere else. Well, like, it's never really been documented in video, so they don't really know exactly. It could be multiple colors. It's also, yeah, it's also not very well understood still. Like, yeah. it's a very, because it's, it's so. It's like a fucking excuse. It's like, it's like, literally, like, lightning. It's like, blanket. it's plasma. The plasma, like, it's trapped in a ball, they say, and it can float, right. ling linger in the atmosphere. Different conditions are right, but they don't really know, like, well, what charge is in the ball? Like, would it vaporize you if it touched you? Like, how does it go through. Because there's accounts of like it, go, it enters a plane and it goes down the aisle, but I mean, there's we don't really know anything about it. But that's the only thing, phenom like phenomena that floats in an orb like that. But if it's that high voltage, you think of it, it might uh, might zap some people if you got too close to it in a plane or something. But well, okay, I got a little bit of an outlandish one. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Let's move on from atmosphere to outlandish. <laughs> this is a futuristic Disney ride. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. What? This is a this the Foo Fighters are a futuristic Disney ride called Travel Through History. Opens in like year fucking twenty three thirty at Disney parks. Real. Then they're just like we really take you to the the you know the the battles in the skies of World War Two. And you just you <laughs> virtual fucking, reality virtual reality. And you just fucking cruise and what the people. <laughs> experience was just you know ball ball of fire but really it was just it was like fucking eyes of sauron peering through time and space so you're in the you're in 2300 disney world yeah you instead of going to like the simulator you yeah. you step in you put the goggles on yeah it's not the star wars ride no yeah. no it's, it's, it's a small yeah. world you're and, going on this fucking and cool some one. people and like you know how it's like the evasive it's like you track the evasive maneuvers the ride's like wow wow and then other times you're like now we're gonna go to this place in history, just like tormenting next. your great 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 grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Right? So this transports you back in time in this orb, and you're witnessing. Dude, it's a perfect idea because it works in the time travel dynamic in that it's happened, so it doesn't matter if it's happened because, like, it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's in the flow of time now. Oh, I know what that you mean. That if twenty three thirty three comes and they open uh, a glimpse into the his glimpse in history, uh, the new Disney ride at. Orlando in Orlando on the moon and uh, right the they go back Basin. they're not the changing moon. anything because we know about the Foo Fighters okay that, that's the only way that's it lunar cracked. Disneyland consider it cracked Disney Done. again gotcha so we got you're welcome we got atmospheric phenomenon we got pilot misconception or error due to stress or whatever in the sky you can see stuff wrong yeah. you got futuristic Disneyland 
coming back, time traveling, witnessing ancient tech. Like, check this out, kids. This yeah. is going to be awesome. We've talked about a potential ally or Axis, like, wonder weapon, like, new new craft, but it doesn't really make sense because it's not an orb it, that's I, glowing. Again, I just got to say, I find it very peculiar that both sides of the world were trying to make saucers. Right? Like, yeah. That's, yeah, I agree. That, I to agree. me, I'm like, right there is like... They seen something. You, they both sides seen something. Thought it was the other side. We're trying to mimic it. Right? Maybe both sides. The ETs observing our planet. I gotta, I gotta go to P tree really quick. Oh, he couldn't oh. hold on. <laughs> wow. Shame. 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 Uh, so, the last one we gotta talk about is ET UFO. What, what and why? So if it isn't like an ET orb, is it an orb? Because some people, like we always talk about, like the orbs are representing representing like from something from a different dimension, and it just takes that form of energy. Or it's a glowing, a small. The ETs are just real small. Like this was a little gray and a little orb. It's like a little scout ship. And they just, they're just tracking our movements. Or what would it be? I mean, they do fit inside people's heads. Right, and they control the body. <laughs> According to Tim Burton. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Men in Black is what I was yeah. thinking of. That's me too. What's the little alien dude? Yeah, that was directed by Tim Burton. Men in Tim? Black was directed Tim... What? what? I didn't sure. No way. It, you no could be right. No way. No, no. I'd, or am I thinking Danny? No, you're dreaming. That's not a thing. I gotta fact check that real That's quick, but I, w- I, I don't know my director, so I, I'm not waiting it's on not this Tim one. Burton. No way. But what else? What, why other... Like what else? What else? If it's not an ET and it's not all any of these things, is it some unknown phenomenon, or if it's an ET, why would they just be following, just checking out our tech? Oh, it, sorry, it was Barry. Is that Barry Sonnenfeld? Coming in by? Shoot, I'm not googling right now. I'm just trying to figure out. What's easy thing. for you to say. Think What's up? Easy for you to say. What'd you find out? I don't know. I'm just pulling up all these dumb Men in Black ones, like the fucking Men in Black 6. No, she's Google Men. No, it was directed by Barry Sonnefield, my bad. Barry Sonnefield. I think it was because I, I thought that the score... Same director as Wild Wild West. All oh, right, 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 right. Wild Adam's Wild family, West. That's a good one, though. Going to the Wild Wild West. Um, wicked, wicked Wild Wild West. Jim West. Desperado. Rough stuff. Nah, you don't want none of this. Okay, any other thoughts or theories on what it could be? And we'll give some quick conclusions and we'll uh, we'll wrap this case file up. No. Uh, now, like, we give what we actually believe? You did. You said it already. Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Disney's head in the little spider right. legs. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, kids. Yeah. As the head yeah. turns around in the glass jar. Yeah. We're going to travel through history. Conclusions then? Andrew, what do you think? I so badly want to believe it's some type, some type of fucking ancient Nazi well, he, super weapon. Ancient Nazi? Well, the forties is ancient. Now, isn't <laughs> I it? guess. Can we consider it? Maybe. Well, we got to think. What are you looking at? You, you, these pilots who are trained pilots, yeah, we're up there. They are every day. and they're not. They're they're going through crash courses to put fucking asses in seats, right? And or they're fucking flying. People, their- some boots on the ground, some fucking pencil pushers who are like, "Hey, listen, it's Saint Elmo's fire. Don't worry about it." Don't worry about it. Don't worry How are you doing? about Keep it. it. Don't yeah. worry about it. Eh? Next. Who's up? No, but seriously. I really want it to be some type of like crazy Nazi weapon, but it's not. And what is it? It's fucking... They've seen something in their fatigue, rearview mirror? Vigilance, seeing reflections and people hearing stories at the fucking... The Foo at Fighters? The pubs. 
and they, the fucking lore of the Foo Fighters spreads. These guys want to see something. They're fucking so it's all, it's I just don't understand mass, why mass nothing, hysteria. You're saying I just mass don't understand hysteria. why nothing came of it. You know, unless maybe we, one we, of these got shot down and they weren't reported. We still have why, no but. official explanation from the U.S. government, and that's why it's or any government for that, that matter. Yeah, I don't know. I just believe me. I want to think of something cool, and I got to be. Yeah. The Nazis know. are still quiet on the matter. <laughs> uh, we haven't heard. They're under the ice, baby. Everyone knows this. It's That's true. I just, I don't believe that all these people, because it, it'd be different if it was like just the American fighter pods, but it's not. It's l- literally like almost every person that had planes in the air has some story yeah, in that time reports? about... The Foo Fighters. I don't know. I only got a fucking few, and then I got the beautiful article in Der Spiegel. Like, I don't have that many. I don't really know. It's because you researched for 45 minutes before you came. Yeah, well, somebody's <laughs> got to work. I didn't get to go on fucking... I didn't go get cosmetic surgery, so I could take some time off here, MJ. <laughs> All right? MJ. Stay with the fucking Jackson uh, four so year. I, I, so trying to I definitely do your think own thing. that... Watch you got to try to be number one somewhere. Going, right? going for conclusion uh, number two from Braden. sympathy votes here. But Ooh. I... No, that's what I... I think that it's... There was something in the skies. Something in the skies. Unexplainable. Dan, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I am on. I'm on Team Andrew. I'd be like, it's some Woo! type of at, it's some type of atmospheric combination, like a combination, perhaps, of like atmospheric phenomena that uh, could possibly be electrically electrical related, something like that. Like only, that only happens during war or in the Zeus. But with the stories that we do have, like there are other stories as recent as like 2020, like there people see these things in the sky. Like it's not necessarily just have to be associated. Like the fucking Japanese one we just did. They don't just stop after the war. There are people who still see these things. Not Utsurabune, the other one. One before that, the other Japanese one. What was that one, Dan? You're talking about uh, Flight, was it 69? Yeah, Yeah, right. That's true, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There are other pilots that that do was a mothership report size of these starship. or don't huge. report these but there's like i said i think the um like the one the one american legion interview kind of said with some of the pilots is like they don't report everything that they see if they reported every weird thing that they saw you, they'd never get to fly they would just be stuck um i could get on board with alien aircraft or some type of alien probe if the fact was like during the cold war we were using satellites to pretty accurately detail movements and things of stuff like that and that's just with our technology at the time in the 60s 70s and 80s like if you have a if you have a civilization that's so advanced that they can cross the vast distances between stars and galaxies and whatever like that i would assume that they would be able to observe us without even being much of a at all, like having any impact on what we are, especially if they're following some some type of like prime directive, uh, like rule where they have non-interference or whatever, it would be, it would seem a lot more plausible for them to just like sit back from wherever, like behind the moon or something. (laughs) And then just, and then just observe us from there. Uh, but yeah, but maybe their, their aerospace technology is through the roof. Their telescopic technology is terrible. Well, but then it's Never like, but then you have to mirrors. ask yourself, why? How would you be able to navigate through an entire star field? How would you be able to navigate through the, the vastness space, meteor, like meteor fields, all of that stuff, without having some type of like 
observation technology. At what point does a telescope become a microscope? Good question. Interesting. It's much diff- much smaller lens, 100%. Well, I'm just saying, like, if they're looking from, like, their planet through some sort of, that zooms in on us, is that, is it a telescope at that point or a microscope? Telescope. That's how big they are. Far away. Yeah, but if they're seeing us up close. But we're not microscopic. <sighs> unless they're really big. Okay, well, I'll give a quick theory, then we'll move on here. I think people always say like, oh, they're observing us from different part of the galaxy. And there's also the other side. We talk about it. This glowing orb is the physical representation of them staring through the dimension. They're just poking. They're not even here. Ooh, I like that. They're just not even here. They're poking in from their dimension and they know like, oh, there's going to be this light and we're going to see it and they're not going. we're not going to be able to identify it or analyze it because it's not really here. It's just a ball of light. And then when they turn, when they put, when they do the shutter on the fucking interdimensional telescope, microscope, whatever scope, the light just goes out. They're just, they're poking in, observing. Why would they observe like such boring things though? It's the World I, War II. No, that's what I'm saying though. We're at the peak of human conflict. This is the. Yeah, but it's not like, but the, the pilots that did reported were on like very typical very boring patrols right they don't know so maybe it's like maybe they're like oh shit they're flying maybe we can watch this maybe they're gonna get a fucking battle or something this is boring with peace maybe out. maybe the only reason we know about these is because they got away maybe the ones fucking didn't make it away oh, well or that or it's like okay yeah they they got they got seen on this boring mission they just made a little bit of a mistake. They're like, but usually they observe from a much higher altitude or something, and they can see more. And this, the, the few circumstances where this happened during the war, and then immediately after the war ends, the food, this whatever probe, this interdimensional probe, just vanishes. That's it's gone. The war, war is over. They're like, all right, we can take our. But we still had more wars. We still had like but Vietnam not, but War, nothing, the Korean War. Nothing on the scale of World War Two. Not even close. But the technology was. A lot more advanced. They're yep. using a lot more ordnance yeah, and things like that. Maybe but. they're still observing. Maybe because the, people do still maybe see their technology advanced. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. People still see orbs and stuff. That's what I'm saying. They or fucking they tuned up the Disney ride. Let's fire up the random intro. I gotta pee. Oh, now someone else has to pee. Oh, you gotta yeah, pee really. twice during a kiss. I already oh. peed. Well, I tried. All right, Didn't only pee once. But we're, already, going we're definitely going long. Long. All right. I've got to eat dinner. Uh, it's fun case. The Foo Fighters. It's Foo all, Fighters. It's, there's a reason it's lingered since World War II. It's a cool cool event filled with you know pilot testimony. And there is some pictures and like bad video out there, but it's hard because in the 40s, where film is bad yeah. at, this, at this time. So Yeah, it's silent films, black and white. It's got Charlie Chaplin in it. So. Yeah. Not silent anymore, but... I'm just joking. Oh. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin movies are so funny. I, wouldn't, I couldn't tell. Apparently. All right, it's not a good one. Let's, f- let's fire up that randomatron. All right, let's go. Randomatron coming up. Let me flick some knobs over here. Yeah, flick them. Flick those knobs. Ripped it out right here. Here you go. There it is. There it is. Oh, thank you. Um, Space News! Oh, what do you got? 
Um, the uncontrolled the death lottery has been, you know, they drew the numbers and no one won or lost. I don't know. Uh, the uncontrolled rocket segment finally re-entered Earth's atmosphere. It crashed down near the Maldives. Um, no reports of any injuries or anything. It sounds like it came down mostly in the ocean. <laughs> it was too good not to share. <laughs> Uh, it, it came down in the ocean and, uh, you know, no one got murdered. No one got murdered. Uh, so we're safe from now. Um, we're going to see how this, this impacts, you know, this did ruffle a lot of feathers. Like people were upset because a lot of people in the space community are starting to think that China is getting pretty, pretty negligent with the rocket fuck. launches. And, uh, so we'll, we'll see if maybe this leads to further regulations in that kind of area. But, uh. Or else expect more death lotteries on the way. <laughs> That's two of the same lifter both come back in uncontrolled. So yeah. careful out there. Uh, what else I have? Uh, a Venus flyby reveals some AM radio. Not really. Low frequency radio signals detected in the planet's atmosphere. We're not really sure what it is. Uh, the Parker Solar Probe detected something odd as it dipped just 833 kilometers Above the Venetian surface. Hey, our name's etched on that thing. It's, it's on there. It's on it's there. On there. It's going to end up in the sun. In the sun. Sweet. Um, but it dipped down and they uh, detected some low frequency radio signals, which I asked Zell, I said, which is lower frequency, AM or FM? And he said, well, in that scenario, AM. And I said, they have AM radio. <laughs> so longer wave, longer band. Coast, coast, AM. Yeah, coast, to coast, AM. Uh, longer band radio at nighttime that baby can travel quite a distance and one other piece of space news we got some update from the voyager one uh the voyager one which is was launched like 43 years ago way uh, back when it's now past the heliosphere it's way out in deep space fucking way out there you know in the what everyone thought would be the silence void of space well it turns out the silence isn't so silent as it continues to pick up a hum of plasma waves so plasma there's a, waves. a low hum in space mm. um interesting i thought that was kind of a cool little story about the voyager pro little check-in i like when that thing checks in man i wonder uh when it's gonna get intercepted by someone or something. And trace it back to us. Anyways, that's all I have for space news. Did you guys have anything else? We gotta have a little bit of a listen to the helicopter on Mars. Here it's what it sounds like. A chopper on Mars. It's only one percent. Uh, the air's only one percent as dense, so sound does not travel the same. But this is the chopper. Got a nice low rumble to it. <laughs> those extra, <laughs> those extra mouth sounds are pretty much exactly right. Drop the beat. <laughs> can't believe I can't wait till someone dubsteps that. Yeah, I bet the the rover. 
let the chopper go. The chopper's about uh, 260 feet away, so they weren't sure if you're going to be able to pick up the rotor wash because the atmosphere is so thin, but it does pick up the very low frequencies, and that's what you just heard. So, Cool. Audio from a different planet. Who would have thunk? Uh, Robot today, on another we, planet. When we listened to it, Zell, we were watching. There's a video attached with you. You can watch it fly. And Zell the whole time was complaining about the audio. He's like, this audio is trash. This is garbage. This is terrible. And I'm like, are you complaining about they got the first space ever audio. space audio from Dude, Mars? They He's have... like, look at the video. It's terrible. No, I said the video is 4K. The video is crisp. You can zoom in on a fucking grain of ro- on a fucking piece of rock on Mars. And you can't get a good microphone? Come on, people. I, I had a recording, sa- recording and broadcasting sounds from the surface of an entirely different hey, planet. That's up, what NASA. I'm talking about. You need Meteor Studios to do your recordings. You let us know. Uh, <laughs> Get closer. NASA, call us. The Randomatron <laughs> also printed out uh, a fan story. Bonus. Boom. Um, this is from Ellie Wednesday. Uh, UFO story? Uh, apo- apologize. Is it UFO story? Uh, apologies in advance for the long story. My story is a second-hand account from my parents, from when they both lived at my grandparents' house. They're cold all of a sudden. That was weird. Door what open? the fuck is that? Ghosts. No, seriously. Goom? Demons. Got really cold that was freaky. Somebody opened the door for sure. That's what I thought. Keep breathing. It's fine. No, it's not, that didn't sound very fucking triggering. <laughs> Keep reading. Finish the case file. I kind of freaked Finish out. Finish it. Okay. Keep going. Keep reading the fucking story. Are you playing sounds now? Yeah, he is. Okay, good. I'm always oh. playing sounds. All right, this scared me. I actually got spooked there. Uh, the house is about one hour and 20 minutes off the coast of... New South Wales of Australia? Is that what NSW is? Yeah, yep. New South yes. Wales. Yep. On a New private, South Wales? Hello. <laughs> uh, on a private dirt road in the mountains, which only has four or five other properties on it. The house is almost right where the valley starts to drop, so you have a pretty good view of the scenery. You can even see the tiny lights from other houses on private roads all the way across the valley from us every night. So we know that this wasn't affecting what they were seeing. (laughs) The area has always had good vibes for us all. They built the house themselves in the 70s as a sort of early retirement from the rest of the world. My mom always tells me about the strange lights that would hover above the mountains across from the valley some nights. Three huge orange lights. Sounds like Foo Fighters. Fighters. She says that they would swap places occasionally, but fast, sort of like you do when you hide a coin under one of three cups and shuffle them. They say if they stood on the balcony facing the valley and turned the lights on and off, a huge light would disappear and reappear as if copying them. My grandparents say that when my dad was a teenager, 
His friends tried camping outside from the house, but came running back in around midnight, talking about seeing lights, and that was it was making their tents almost glow orange, and it was freaking them out. Grandma always said that they were exaggerating because the lights never got that close. Dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. My mom always says that one night she was there with only me, about a year old at the time. Then this is a first-hand account, motherfucker. This isn't you were there. And she saw the lights again. It was something that happened every few months at this point. I'm guessing, or at least semi-regularly enough for it not to have worried her. Put your headphones on. She turned the lights on and off like a tradition, as if to say, hello, old friends. But instead of copying, apparently they zipped across the valley and hovered above the house. She doesn't report hearing any noise, but thinks they were still swapping spots as such because the lights was sort of shifting around outside. She said I wasn't bothered by it. The fact it was nearly daylight outside except for glowing orange. Apparently she stood still for what felt like five or ten minutes. Not feeling bad or strange. Just a little scared as that had never happened before. After that time, they went back to their usual spot across the valley and simply disappeared and never reappeared. Mom talks about it openly when I ask, but Dad doesn't like to talking about it at all and doesn't have an explanation. He's not a superstitious guy, super down to earth and is always has a logical answer for everything that usually turns out to be right. And yet, the most we have ever gotten out of him was, yeah... There was something out there, but I have no idea what it was, though. Still, he's the only one that has ever been creeped out by the lights and still is to this day. Mom says those bushlands are super weird, but we all feel safe there and always have. My dad still lives there with my grandparents to this day. Thanks for reading it, if you got this far, and for making my... Day, every day. I miss Canada so much, and you guys give me a taste of my second home. Ellie Wednesday. Hey, Ellie, this is a fucking great story. Yeah, that was awesome. Damn good story. Scary. If, if your grandparents or your father ever get pictures of this thing or these lights, please send them in. Send them our way. Booyah. Great story. That was a good one. If you have a story you want to tell, Send it to alientheorists at gmail.com. Make sure to put randomatron submission and say if Brayden can read your name or make one up for you. Uh, theory of the week. Uh, brother. Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson. That fucking tattoo needs Kids. to be like, you need oh. a picture of that. You need to frame it. Memorialized. It's if beautiful. You, if you don't know the tattoo we're talking about, it's on the Facebook group. Go to facebook.com, search alien theorists, the theorite page. Um, we'll we'll pin it to the top. It's a fucking gorgeous tattoo of Bigfoot uh, having yes, Bigfoot sexual waved out, looking, yeah. looking fly. Yeah, clapping some alien cheeks. Big time. Uh, the aliens looking sexy as hell, it, leaning back. It's a little bit weird, but it, it's kind of it works. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of oh, the way bit, the aliens looking weird. back at it. Like it's kind of sexy. I mean, it's weird. Yep. Made me feel uncomfortable. Great tattoo. I like to. I coined it as evolution. Yeah. Evolution. Fuck you. Uh, it was natural phenomenal. selection. 
Yeah, natural no, selection. Awesome. And the fact that you put that on your body, amazing. Yeah, hilarious. Phenomenal. Good on you. You'd be yeah, there forever. You're the of the week. Easily. Cheers. If you're not supporting the show and you want to get early access, bonus stuff, live streams, and all the rest, head over to patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast. Or just check uh, the link in the podcast description, yeah. the link tree. Easy. Check it. Check it. Support Click on it. Check it out. Click on it. Scroll down three tabs. <sighs> Got check it. it no excuse. This week's Patreon supporters, Peyton. Is that Manning. an L? Is that a mill? I or an L? Mickiff or McCliff? McCliff. 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 Captain Jive. Yeah. Devin B. Jens John. I recognize that name. They're back. Supported for a while. Another back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Fooly Cooley with Woo. double exclamation marks. Mike. Lance Stevens. George Vasquez. Recognize that name too. Kelly Hendricks. Recognize that name. Repeats. Virginia Lee Wallace and Christopher Isaac. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. <laughs>